Yo, 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 what's good, everyone? Welcome back to yet again another podcast. And yeah, I know, it's a day late. Usually I do them on Wednesday, but I'm getting it out early Thursday morning. Uh, it was a rough rough scheduled day yesterday. You didn't get much time to get it out. That's on me. It won't happen again, hopefully. But, you know, it happens. It is what it is. Let's get right into it. We got some, we got some NFL news to talk about. We got the Dodgers won the World Series. But sadly, that's not even the biggest news coming out of the World Series. We have... College football in the Big Ten making headlines once again due to COVID. And then we'll talk some high school football as the Missouri side is starting playoffs. But let's get right into it with last week's predictions. And let me say, I did okay last week. I went 4-1. and one. My only game I missed was the Bucks versus Raiders game. And we're going to actually go over six games due to the Sunday night game getting flexed at the very end of the like the end of the week, so the Bucks and Raiders game I still did, but the three o'clock game was a different game. So you get you get six games. How fun are you, right? So let's get right into it. Let's start with the Thursday night football game. Yeah, the NFC East, which actually was the NFC East. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles won the game twenty-two to twenty-one. Carson Wentz was twenty-five of forty-three, three hundred and fifty-nine yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. But uh. Brian Scott was 12 carries with 46 yards. Richard Rodgers was 6 receptions, 85 yards. Daniel Jones was 20 of 30 with 187 yards, 2 touchdowns, passing, 1 interception. Daniel Jones also had 4 carries for 92 yards. Should have had a touchdown, but Casper the Friendly Ghost tripped him up. And Sterling Shepard had 6 receptions, 59 yards, and 1 touchdown. And like I said, uh, Daniel Jones had an easy touchdown on a run. Uh, he was at... I think the 10, and he decided to trip over his own feet, and he fell. The Giants ended up ended up scoring a touchdown. Let's get that out of the way. They did end up scoring a touchdown on that drive, but I think the biggest thing that no one's talking about is how much time it really took off the clock when he scored. Sure, it was early in the game, and no one was going to talk about the time on the, the clock, but if you look back at it, I think they wasted two minutes uh, game time-wise after he had tripped and fell before they even scored their, their touchdown. So that came into huge factor at the end because the Giants had the ball with no timeouts with like less than a minute and they couldn't do anything. Daniel Jones ended up fumbling actually and the Eagles recovered and the Eagles went on to win 22-21. to uh, The Eagles are now 2-4-1 and one, and they lead the division. Yeah, they're 2-4-1 and one, and they lead the division. Yeah, that's the NFC East, guys. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. I, I, I'm. It's catastrophically bad in the NFC East. All right, let's move on to the three o'clock game, which was a snow game. You had the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and the Denver Donkeys. Oh, my bad. The Denver Broncos. God, I always get those mixed up. Anyway, Patrick Mahomes was 15 of 23, 200 yards, one touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was eight carries, 46 yards, and one touchdown. And Miko Hardman had two receptions for 57 yards. Listen, Patrick Mahomes was not the the, deal, the name of the deal of the game. The offense really wasn't even the main part of the game. Sure, you had Edward Zilary score a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes threw a touchdown. But the main thing for me was the Chiefs played as a whole. They won this game 43-16. to They had a defensive touchdown. They had a special teams touchdown. They had a receiving touchdown. And they had a running touchdown. Uh, the only thing they missed was a scoop and score and a safety. But... I mean, Drew Locke was 24 of 40, 250 yards, two interceptions. Philip Lindsay was nine carries, 79 yards. He was ended up leaving the game due to head injury. 
and Albert O or Albert Okwembuganam. Seven receptions, 60 yards. The Broncos had four turnovers, two fumbles, two interceptions. Patrick Mahomes got taken out of the game late. Uh, Chad Henney came in, and he scored a rushing touchdown. So that was pretty cool. But the Chiefs, they just played an all-around fantastic game. They played a very well-rounded game. And now they get to play the Jets this week. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, the Chiefs are 6-1. and one. Denver is 2-4. and four. We'll see how it goes next week. Obviously, the Chiefs do have the Jets. <laughs> Moving on to the noon game, uh, you had the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans playing each other. The Pittsburgh Steelers were really good the first half. They were up 24-7 to at half, and they kept control of the game, and they, they let the Tennessee Titans back in this game. They, let, they kept the game so close, Tennessee did, that they could keep Derrick Henry involved in the game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was 18 of 30, 222 yards with two touchdowns, while Derrick Henry had 20 carries, 75 yards, one touchdown. A.J. Brown, six receptions, 153 yards, and one touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger on the other side was 32 of 49, 268 through the air, two TDs, three interceptions. James Conner with 20 carries, 82 yards, and Juju Smith-Schuster had nine receptions, 85 yards. Um, Like I said, the Steelers kept the Titans in the game. The Titans had a chance to tie it with 12 seconds left. Uh, Steven Gowskowski misses the field goal, which ends up making the Titans lose. They lose 27-24. If I'm a Steelers fan, I'm worried about going into the Baltimore game just because your offense really didn't show up in the second half. Your defense slope. I guess you can say they kept Tennessee contained for the most part. The problem is, is I just don't know what happened to the Steelers in the second half. Like, what are we doing? Like, what happened here? Like, you were doing so well in the first half, and you only scored three in the second half. Ben Roethlisberger also has some turnovers. It's not a good sign when you're going up against Baltimore next week. Obviously, they're rivals, so you'll play better. I don't know if you just took your foot off the pedal. Um, so, they need to get that fixed before heading into Baltimore this coming week. All right, the Sunday night game. Actually, hold off. We're going to go to the game that I predicted that was supposed to be the Sunday night game. That moved to the 3 o'clock game. That was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Tampa Bay won 45-20. to Tom Brady was 33-44, of 369 yards, four touchdowns. Leonard Fournette had 11 carries, 50 yards. And Seth Miller had six receptions, 109 yards, and one touchdown for the Bucks. Derek Carr was 24-36, of 284 through the air, two touchdowns, one interception. Josh Richard was seven carries, 24 yards. And Nelson Aguilar... Had five receptions, 107 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, listen, the Buccaneers found their, their stride in the second half, fourth quarter. The game was 21-10. to 10. You thought the game was really close. It got 24-17, to 17, and that was the closest it really ever got in the second half. Tampa Bay scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to really just pull away and seize control of this game. Tampa Bay's finally clicking, it looks like. But then they just added a new piece in Antonio Brown, so we'll see how that goes. It's going to be interesting to see how Antonio Brown likes not getting the, the targets he's used to when he was with like Pittsburgh because you have Mike Evans, Godwin, you have Miller now, and now you have Antonio Brown. You also have tight ends, Gronkowski, O.J. Howard. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes with that chemistry in there. That defense is looking really good. So watch out for Tampa Bay as the season goes on. I didn't think they would click this well this fast, 
So we'll see how it goes. Tampa Bay is five and two, while the uh, Las Vegas Raiders are now three and three. Let's move on to the Sunday night game, which was probably so far either the it was at least a game of the week, but it possibly it could be arguably the game of the year so far. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks lost thirty-seven to thirty-four to the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Russell Wilson was 33 of 50, 380 yards, three touchdowns, but he also had three interceptions. Russell Wilson was also the leading rusher. He had six carries, 84 yards. And then Tyler Lockett, 15 receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Uh, Kyler Murray was 34 48, 360 through the air, three touchdowns, one interception. Kyler Murray also was the leading rusher for Arizona. 14 carries, 67 yards, one touchdown. And DeAndre Hopkins, 10 receptions, 103 yards, and one touchdown. Listen, the play of the game, the play that's been talked about for so much, play of the game, Seattle's driving. They're at, like, the five-yard line. Russell Wilson throws an interception. Buda Baker gets a pick. He's running down the sideline. And this majestic beast named DK Metcalf catches Buda Baker from behind at the, like, six-yard line, tackles him. I've never seen such a huge human run so fast. But yeah, uh, DK Metcalf catches Buda Baker, saves him from getting a pick six. Arguably one of the craziest plays, non-touchdowns that I've seen in a while. Uh, Arizona kicks a tying field goal as time expires to head to overtime. Then Cliff Kingsbury makes a questionable call by kicking a field goal in overtime on second down. Zane Gonzalez misses that one, but luckily enough, Russell Wilson throws an interception to Isaiah Simmons after throwing a touchdown pass to DK Metcalf that was called back for holding. So right after they threw a touchdown pass, the very next play, Russell Wilson throws a pick to Isaiah Simmons, and Arizona gets into field goal range, and Zane Gonzalez does not miss this one, and he hits it, and Arizona wins 37-34. So there you go. Seattle is now not unbeaten anymore and the only unbeaten team left is the Pittsburgh Steelers so let's move on to the Monday night game and I will admit I did not watch this Monday night game nor did I care to watch this Monday night game it was the Chicago Bears versus the Los Angeles Rams the Rams won 24 to 10 the Bears are now 5 and 2 uh, the Rams are also 5 and 2 Nick Foles was 28 to 40 261 yards two interceptions David Montgomery 14 carries 48 yards Allen Robinson with four receptions 70 yards um, let's just say the Bears' offense still not good, no matter who's their quarterback. It doesn't matter. They are not a good offense. They don't have a good offense. They're not a good offensive scheme-minded team. They don't have a good offense of weapons to work with a good scheme. They need to find somewhere and something to do well. I, I'm worried about the Bears a little bit just because they're relying too much on that defense, and you know that defense is going to break sooner than later. We'll see what happens, but yeah, the Bears need to figure something out on that offense to get something going. The Rams, Jared Goff was 23 of 33, 219 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Derek Henderson Jr. with 15 carries, 64 yards. And then Josh Reynolds, four receptions, 52 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, the Bears didn't even score a touchdown to the fourth quarter, so that's how it goes. But yeah, Nick Foles hasn't done much. I mean, he hasn't done anything better than what uh, my man <laughs> Mitch Trubisky was doing, so I don't know why they changed, or they haven't even gone back to Mitchell Trubisky because Nick Foles hasn't shown anything else. So it's very uh, weird to see that. 
right, so let's move on to this coming week. We'll talk about a little bit more news. So Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, has tore his ACL. He is out for the year. It was on the first drive. Uh, Baker threw an interception, and it looked like Odell went up to jump tackle, and he, I don't know what happened. He, well, obviously, he landed wrong in his ACL pop, but I don't know why he was trying to jump tackle. It looked very awkward, and uh, he is out for the season now. We'll see how it works. It might work in their favor. No offense. Like, I'm not saying Odell's bad, but I'm saying now Baker's not pressured to try to force targets to him. He can open the space and throw it to whoever he wants to. So we'll see how that works. Um, Stephon Gilmore on the move. Rumors have it that uh, the Patriots are willing to trade Stephon Gilmore if the right um, right trade and right acquisitions are required for the trade. Now, there's two things that are saying to me this. is A, obviously, you're always listening to trade, trades. But B, are the Patriots tanking? Are the Patriots tanking to get a quarterback as in Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? That could be the case, and we'll find out, really, this coming week against the Bills because I do believe the Patriots would not lose four straight games. So I believe they will bounce back and beat the Bills, but we'll see. And then the final news was All-Pro Carlos Dunlap, defensive lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals, was traded to Seattle. So he was upset. He was, like, listed on the roster as third string. He was not very happy. He had, like, stuff out saying that he's selling his house and all this. Finally, the Cincinnati Bengals told him to stay home yesterday, and they worked a trade with Seattle, and now he's headed to Seattle. So that's really cool for him, I guess. He's happy now. All right, but let's get into it with our picks for this upcoming week. Thursday night football. You have the Atlanta Falcons versus the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are playing really well. They could have beat the Saints. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is playing very fine. The Falcons are always finding ways to lose games. Uh, Todd Gurley scores a touchdown when he didn't need to score a touchdown. And then the Detroit Lions go on a game-winning uh, drive and scores time expires to win the game. So, yeah, that's great. So, yeah, I do believe the Falcons uh, win this game. Or, what am I saying? I do not believe the Falcons win this game. I think the Panthers win this game 27-13. to Will I be watching it? Maybe. I probably will because there won't be much else on since there's no other sports except like the World Series. There might be a college football game I might watch. But, I mean, I think it'll be intriguing. It might be boring, but it's going to be intriguing to watch. Then you got the uh, the New York Jets headed to Kansas City to play the Kansas City Chiefs. And, yikes. I mean, I... I I pray for you guys, Jets. I pray for you guys real hard right now that you score some points to make this game look reasonable. I don't think it's going to happen. I the, the line is 19 and a half. These the point the the spread is 19 and a half. That's unbelievable. I have the Chiefs winning 45 to 17. I think Patrick Mahomes is taking out before the fourth quarter starts. Uh I'm putting I'm putting six games on here. Putting six games on here because I believe the Sunday night game should be flexed, and the game at 12 p.m. that I'm about to talk about should be the Sunday night game. That's all I'm going to say. Um, the other 12 o'clock game that I'm talking about is the Steelers versus Ravens. You have six and zero versus five and one. Ben Roethlisberger versus Lamar Jackson. Did you know that these two quarterbacks have never played against each other? Rightfully so. Uh, both times that they've played, Ben Roethlisberger was out last year. So, this is the first time Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger get to go head-to-head against each other. I trust the Steelers' defense more. I like T.J. Watt. Duh, Dupree. That secondary's been playing very well. The Ravens, they're skeptical, and I think Big Ben can uh, fill his way around it and maybe uh, get 
Marcus Peters to bite on some things. And I have the Steelers winning this game 31-27 to and staying undefeated. Moving on to the 3 o'clock game. This game is going to be really good. Listen, the NFC West is the best division in the football. In football. It's the NFC West and the AFC North. But I like it's the 49ers versus Seattle Seahawks at 3 p.m. I think the Seattle Seahawks bounce back. I don't think Russell Wilson throws. I don't think he throws an interception in this game. He might throw one, but he ain't throwing three, that's for sure. I think uh, Seattle's going to have to be patient with this defense. And hopefully that offensive line can hold up for Russell. And if not, Russell will just run out of the pocket and get some... Uh, rushing yards because the 49ers are going to have to stay contained and stay in their gaps. But like I said, I like Seattle. I think they win 34-24 over the 49ers. Moving on to what's supposed to be the Sunday night game. Uh, it's going to be a shit show. Excuse my language. But uh, it's the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, if it's the Sunday night game, I probably won't watch it because, oh my God, I just, I can't. It's, what, what, what is this going to be? I think, I'm just literally going by Carson Wentz and whoever the quarterback's going to be for the Dallas Cowboys. And I think Carson Wentz... Um, I think Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than both whoever's starting, either Andy Dalton or this uh, DeFangio kid or whatever. So I like the Eagles to win this game. I have it 25-10. to 10. It could be 5-3, 7-3, 10-3. I mean, I'm hoping there's more scoring. I just feel the Eagles are going to score more uh, points than... Like 10 because that defense for the Cowboys is really bad. So give me 25-10. Then moving on to the Monday night game. Tampa Buccaneers versus the New York Giants. It's a Monday night game. Uh, you have Tom Brady versus Daniel Jones. I mean, I think this game is not going to be close. It's going to be like the Jets versus Chiefs. Because the Giants and Jets are pretty close in how bad they are. I think the Bucks win 37-13. to Tom Brady throws for three more touchdowns. <laughs> and Antonio Brown gets three, three, three receptions. He gets targeted a little more, but he only catches three of those. Does not score a touchdown. So that's my picks. You have the Panthers over Falcons, Chiefs over Jets, Steelers over Ravens, Seahawks over 49ers, Eagles over Cowboys, and Buccaneers over Giants. Now let's move on to the World Series. Uh, the Dodgers are World Series champs. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, on a great season, great win. They were down 3-1 to one to the Atlanta Braves, came back, won that, and then um, they took care of business in the World Series. I mean, the only real game that they lost, they lost two games. One was like a really weird way of losing, like craziest way ever to lose, and the second one was uh, an outright win by the Rays. So there you go. But yeah, the Dodgers won the series 3-2. The final score for Game 6 was 3-1. You had... The big big story was... During the game was, why did Kevin Cash pull Blake Snell? Blake Snell was doing phenomenal. He gives up a hit in the 6th to the 9-hole hitter. Kevin Cash comes out, pulls him, brings in Nick Anderson. Mookie Betts then hits a double. You have 2nd and 3rd, no outs. Wild pitch, scores a tying run. Mookie Betts scores on the next hit. So, that was... um, very weird by Kevin Cash, I think. I think Blake Snell could have gone probably seven, eighth inning. I get that the stats show that he's bad third round through the lineup, but, I mean, the first three betters were 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. I don't think that was going to change. They might have got a hit, but, I mean, like, I would have trusted my ace, Cy Young Award, Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell, to get through that. Uh, it was Kevin Cash being a horrible manager once again. <laughs> Lovely, right? 
But the biggest story after the World Series was, well, okay, let's get this out of the way. Corey Seager won MVP. Congrats to Corey Seager winning MVP. He won MVP in the NLCS, and he won it in the World Series. But the biggest story was Justin Turner. Tested positive for COVID in the middle of the game, was yanked right when it was happened in the seventh inning. He was yanked. Um, was told to leave the stadium, is what reports are saying. Does not leave the stadium, and you can see him be celebrating and hugging and kissing his wife, his teammates. He's not kissing his teammates, obviously, but he's hugging his teammates, giving them high fives, taking pictures with them, holding the trophy after he had already tested positive for COVID. Um, it, it's a bad look for MOB. It's a bad look for Justin Turner. Bad look for the Dodgers. Uh, you're supposed to be celebrating a victory for the World Series, but here we are still talking about COVID because Justin Turner decided to come back on the field after testing positive already. I get that he was already in the game for, what, almost seven full innings, and then he gets yanked. So I understand where some people are coming from, but on the other hand, you also got to have that perspective. So we'll see what happens. The MLB is looking into it, possibly fines, suspensions for Justin Turner. We'll see. He is also a free agent this year, so that could be huge on that part. But let's move on to some college football. Uh, there was some upsets. You had Indiana upset Penn State in overtime on a very, very questionable call. In overtime on a two-point conversion, was the quarterback in? Did the ball get across? I have no idea. It was very close. That's all I will say. Um, I think he was short. When I was looking at it, but they said he was in, and so Indiana pulls the upset over Penn State. Then Wake Forest upsets Virginia Tech. That's crazy. I mean, there's going to be upsets, guys, so what do you expect? All right, and then Wisconsin. Wisconsin's been in the news the last week. Wisconsin played on Friday. Wisconsin's quarterback, Graham Mertz, who actually went to a local Kansas City school over here, where I'm from, threw five touchdown passes. In the game, Wisconsin won, but now it's tested positive for COVID. So he's now in a 21 days protocol for COVID because that's how the Big Ten works. It, but then it was breaking yesterday that Wisconsin now the whole team is in COVID quarantine protocols for seven days because of what happened with um, more tests coming back in positive, including the head coach. So they have postponed their game. And so it was against Nebraska, and Nebraska was trying to find a new uh, competitor, a non-conference team. It was going to be Chattanooga, and they had it all figured out and all that. And Big Ten today goes, yeah, you're not having that game. And so now Nebraska has no game for this week, and that's that's crazy. It's the Big Ten being Big Ten, doing weird stuff again. What's new, right? Uh, one of the craziest things is the Big Ten right now. And then the big the big game on Saturday was Michigan versus Minnesota, but Michigan throttled Minnesota 49-24. Michigan looked really good, actually. I don't know if it was because Minnesota looked really bad or is it because Michigan's really good this year. Who knows? Michigan is such a hard team to predict. I mean, it's hard to predict any team in college football, but Michigan is one of the hardest teams to predict because they could go from a 49-24 win to a 56-3 loss. So I have no idea what to say about that game. It was the first game. But sure, Michigan looked good. We'll see what they do this week. Uh, some big games this week. You have Ohio State versus Penn State. Going to be a good game. I think Penn State's going to come out with a lot of energy and a lot of like virgin mad 
like angry because of what happened to them in, in against Indiana. And then obviously Ohio State has Justin Fields. They're they're a team that's going to hopefully try to be in the playoffs. And then you have Missouri versus Florida. Missouri is really running a hot hand. They probably would be on a three-game winning streak if their game against Vanderbilt was not postponed and moved. So I believe this will be a really good game. Mizzou versus Florida. The quarterback for Mizzou has looked really good. The freshman. Florida, obviously, is a ranked team. So I'm looking, hopefully, for an upset. I mean, Florida's a 12-point favorite. I think they at least cover the 12, Mizzou does. But we'll see what happens with Florida. I hope. I hope Mizzou wins. It'd be great. And then the last game, it's two non-ranked teams, but it's LSU and Auburn. I think it's going to be a great game. I think I think LSU wins. I think LSU wins. I like LSU. I just, I don't know. Bo Nix is skeptical to me. But then LSU's defense is really skeptical to me. So I don't know. Like, it could be a re- it's going to be a shootout is what I think. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I think Ohio State wins. I'll say Mizzou beats Florida. Yep, I'll say Mizzou beats Florida, and I'll take... I'll take Auburn. You know what? I've been t- I said I was going to probably take LSU, but I'll take Auburn. So I've got Ohio State over Penn State, Mizzou over Florida, and Auburn over LSU. Just because LSU's defense I don't trust. And, all right, the final thing is Missouri high school football starts this week. And, oh, boy, there's news. That's not good news. <laughs> so, Ray Pick is the one seed in Class 6 for their district. Um, the two seed was is Nixa, and then the three seed was Rockhurst. Well, Rockhurst is done for the season. They had a player test positive last week, and they played the game against Blue Springs. Crazy, right? But, yeah, they um, they have a kid test positive. And with Missouri's new high school rules, they uh, they said if you couldn't play your game, you had to forfeit it, and your season was over. So Rockhurst was supposed to play Joplin. Uh, Joplin gets a bye, really, and a free win to move on to the second round. So the winner of Ray Peck versus Lee Summit plays Joplin. Then, yesterday, Lee Summit North put out a statement saying we've had a couple kids test positive as well. So our season is over as well. And they were supposed to play Nixa, the two seed. So now Nixa gets a free pass to the second round to play the winner of whoever they're supposed to play. So right now, Ray Peck is supposed to play Lee Summit. Um, and whoever wins that gets to play Joplin. I think this is going to hurt Joplin with a bye. I'm not going to lie. So, I, I'm more of a person that likes to keep playing and winning unless it's the NFL. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. So, now Lee Summit West, if they win, will get to play Nixa. Intriguing, right? Alrighty. So, my two games that I have, because Odessa is on a bye. They're the one seed. Once new. They haven't lost in like three years. <laughs> but it's Lee Summit versus Ray Peck. Uh... One seed versus, I think, the seven? It's the one versus eight, I think, actually. Lee Summit's the eight. They've only won two games. Um, I think Ray Peck wins this game. Ray Peck lost to Park Hill last week. Rightfully so. It's okay. They lost to Park Hill. Whoop-dee-doo. Uh, Ray Peck came out very sloppy-ish and didn't start playing until the fourth quarter, and you can't do that. Their offense needs to get going faster. Their defense played well. They gave up one big play, really. So I still like Ray Peck's defense. The offense just needs to play more cons- consistent and well. But I do like Ray Peck to beat Lee Summit, and they'll play Joplin at home in two weeks if they win. Then the big another game, and I think this is a really good game, intriguing matchup. You have Blue Springs versus Park Hill. Park Hill's riding a hot hand. Blue Springs just got beat pretty well by Rockers, but Blue Springs was looking well before playing Rockers. 
Park Hill, like I said, has been playing very, very well. I think Park Hill wins this game. It's going to be a really good game, though. I just don't know. Blue Springs, his new head coach, is still just never got it really going this year, and it doesn't help that you had COVID and all that problems. So give me Park Kill over Blue Springs. Give me Ray Peck over Lee Summit. Both of those will move on to the second round. It'll be a very, very good second round matchup for those two teams who get to play different opponents. Ray Peck will play uh, Joplin, which will be very intriguing. And I'm not positive. I'm not looking at the bracket right now, but Park Hill plays someone. <laughs> I think they may have to play Liberty North. They may have to play Liberty North or Liberty. That's it. Uh, Ray Peck will not have to play DeSmit until the championship if they get that far. And Ray Peck, I think, in the final four will most likely probably play either Liberty North or Liberty. So that will be interesting. They've already beat Liberty. Liberty North is looking really good right now. They're on a hot streak. Both Liberty's teams are really good this year. It'll honestly depend on if Liberty gets that running back back, though. So we'll see how it goes. Um, that is the episode for today. Um, sorry it was a late one. A day late. Whoopsie doopsie. Sorry I got busy yesterday. But uh, hope y'all have a good weekend. Watch some football. College football. High school football. NFL. Whatever you got to do. Uh, it's, a, it's a great weekend. Hopefully we don't get any more snow here in Missouri. I think it's supposed to clear up. It'll be a beautiful day. So y'all have a good one. And peace.